Hi friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional, turned career coach, Forbes blogger, speaker, and now author of my own career book that has just released for pre-order on Amazon. You can probably guess the name as it's also called U-Turn, spelled Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. This book is all about getting unstuck, discovering your direction, and designing your dream career. I created the U-Turn Podcast and wrote the U-Turn book with this goal of helping you reconnect to who you truly are and upgrading your confidence in work and in love. So if you're looking to get even more clarity beyond the podcast and even the book on where you belong in the workforce or you want to make a career pivot or just explore your purpose overall, we have a brand new free quiz to help you out with that. Just head on over to ashleystahl.com if you want to take it. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com for the free quiz. Also, I'm really excited to finally let you know that this episode has been brought to you by Organifi. I have fallen so in love with their smoothie protein, their chocolate, their vanilla, and also their green juice drink. I have both of these products every single day. And after years of declining and dodging sponsorship, because I didn't want to feel sticky promoting something to you, I decided that their products were so good, so transformative for my health and my morning routine that I reached out to them and asked if they wanted to sponsor the U-Turn show. So if you are inspired to upgrade your health during these uncertain times and you want products to add into your routine throughout the day, I just can't recommend them enough. I was able to get you a discount code for 15% off when you check out. All you gotta do is head on over to Organifi.com backslash U-Turn. It's spelled Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash Y-O-U, T-U-R-N. Make sure you enter the code U-Turn at checkout on their website. And now let's dive in to this week's episode. You should always be evaluating what you're doing in your career. Is this what you want to be doing here and now? Does it deliver you happiness in your in your in your job? Because it's so important that you're happy in your job given you spend so many hours there. And then likewise, is this part of your journey for where you have some aspirations for your career to go? And I recognize so few people know with specificity where exactly they want to be in five years. And often you get asked that question and it's like a, kind of a fool's errand to know with specificity where you need to be. But having some idea of a kind of your, the arc of where you're, you're trying to get to, some you know, vague concept of the types of th- things and experiences you want to have, I think is so important because it helps define you know, what, uh, whether or not the, what you're doing right now is, um, is meaningful to your career or you know, what you're doing right now doesn't have a lot of meaning to you. And, and if it's the latter, then you know, maybe it's time to start, start thinking about what you need to change to do that. What's going on, U-Turn friends? It's Ash here, and I'm so excited to bring a really special guest onto the show in the work category. And once I read you his little bio, you're going to realize that he is definitely meant for this category. I have Christian Sutherland Wong on the show. He's the CEO of Glassdoor. And if you guys don't know about Glassdoor, you've got to go check it out. He joined in January 2020 as the CEO responsible for leading the company's mission to help people everywhere find a job in a company they love. He joined in 2015 as vice president and general manager of monetization. And clearly he's made a huge impact 
ever since. He also has experience in the business and consulting and banking fields. He was honored with a 40 under 40 award in 2020 by the San Francisco Business Times. He has an MBA from Harvard. I mean, the list goes on. I'm so excited to have Christian on. And we're going to talk about kind of taking a look at a bird's eye view of 2020 and the future of the workforce and what to expect or what changes you can accommodate in your career right now to be uh, really staying current with what the workforce is demanding of you. So Christian, thank you so much for making the time. Absolutely. Great to be here, Ashley. Yeah, I'm curious to hear, um, you know, what got you interested in working in the workspace of, you know, in the glass door job search world? I know for me, not knowing how to get a job and then figuring it out and helping other people was a huge motivator. But what is it that has inspired you in your career to kind of work at Glassdoor in the way that you are? Yeah, actually, my first foray into working in the the workspace, so to speak, was um, when I was back in Australia. So I'm originally from Australia and moved out the states about uh, twelve or so years ago. Um, but when I was working in Australia, I worked for a nonprofit, and what we did was we helped people with barriers to employment get meaningful employment. And so we would, we would build these um, new businesses, like a cafe or a flower nursery with the goal of giving people who had could be a disability or um, a physical or mental disability or mental health issues, give them an employment opportunity. And so I love that work. And you know, through that, I really discovered how important it is to have a job. And it's not just important to have a job for you know, paying for you know, your lifestyle, which of course is in a kind of base level, but it's also really important from, a, from the perspective of you drive, so much of your self-worth comes from the the job you have and um, so much of your social interaction comes from um, your, the workplace because you spend so many hours there um, every day, every week. Uh, and so that was what kind of got me into the space. And then since then, you know, I've worked at both nonprofits in this space uh, as well as for-profits such as LinkedIn. And then, yeah, I came to Glassdoor uh, about five years ago. Again, just really excited because I could see that Glassdoor has this opportunity and, and already is creating such positive impact for people who are out there looking for jobs by giving them that kind of inside scoop into companies. Mm, I love this. And I'm I'm also wondering, as you're kind of looking at 2020, I know diversity inclusion is a huge topic and so important for all of us to take a look at in the workforce. Are there other changes that you're seeing uh, for job seekers amid COVID-19 that you think would be important for us to flag um, or help people who are listening right now with their job search or even salary negotiation, which I'm guessing right now there's a lot of guilt or self-doubt or judgment on should I negotiate? So just curious what you're seeing with the workforce ahead. Oh boy, yeah. There's, it is a, a time of flux. A lot is going on. And I definitely get the perspective from people of feeling like, oh, now's not a time to be looking or, or, or you know, to be kind of keeping, keeping still or st- going back into your shell for a bit. But, but we are actually seeing even on Glassdoor, um, there's a lot, of vari- a lot of variance in what's actually going on. So while there are industries that are kind of closing shop uh, right now, there are also industries that are absolutely booming. And not surprisingly, you see, you know, Industries like healthcare, with more like nine hundred thousand open jobs right now. Um, the parts of the retail sector. So there's while some retail sector and restaurants have been impacted, there's other parts of the retail sector which are booming, um, both for you know essential areas of retail as well as more of online retail, where we see a huge trend there, which I think opens up opportunities. And that leads me to tech in general is seeing quite a quite a bit of a boom um, despite everything going on. So there's definitely variance in different career tracks and different industries. 
also variants in, in different locations. Um, the metro areas have definitely been hit harder by COVID. Not surprisingly, we have you know really strong concentration of, of people living together and um, greater number of COVID cases per uh, per capita. Then and then in, in smaller locations where people are more dispersed, there's been less impact by COVID, and so businesses have been less impact. On top of that, you have remote work as a trend. Companies are increasingly um, adapting to COVID and allowing remote work, which now really opens up a whole set of opportunities for you as a job seeker or career professional. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of different things that you can um, a lot of different opportunities that you can get right now. And it's not and in while you may think that now's not a good time to look for a job. In fact, you know, in, in some cases, it's actually probably there's never been a better time than ever. Mm, I love this, and I'm I'm also curious what your thoughts are on salary negotiation or just mm. uh, the belief that right now we're in an employer's market. Do you think that's the case? And what should people be considering if they're feeling lukewarm about their job and they maybe want to make a change? Yeah, uh, I certainly acknowledge that it is um, it is not normal circumstances. You know, we're in a recession, and so uh, you know certainly the incredible salary inflation we've been seeing in the past is probably starting to slow down. At the same time, I absolutely believe it is right to consider salary negotiation, whether that's been your current job or for a new job, and also to um, yeah consider you know, switching jobs if, if you know if you feel like now is the right time to do that. Uh, particularly if you're if you've interviewed if you're going into a new job and you've just interviewed for a job during the interview process, all the kind of power lies with the employer on thinking whether or not they they think you're the right fit for the job. By the time you get to the offer stage and they've given you an offer, uh, the power's starting to switch back to you now. Um, they want you. And uh, so, therefore, you have – it is worth thinking through, is this the right offer for me? And, um, and and I think it's so important for a person that when they're taking a job, they've got to be really happy with the salary. If they're not happy with the salary, that's just that's going to, going to be a cloud that's kind of over them uh, through the start of their career at this company. And it's, it's not it's – not, Nobody should be starting off like that. You know, me as a hiring manager, I don't want a person who's coming to work for me where they're feeling like they're underpaid. So I absolutely encourage people to um, do salary negotiation, even right now. Um, uh, you know, I think companies were, are absolutely willing to pay the right amount for the right person. Um, and so it really comes down to making sure you're doing your research, making sure that your salary expectations are the right ones. And that's, again, where a site like Glassdoor can be really helpful because, People anonymously contribute their salaries to us, and then that allows us to then tell uh, tell our job seekers, you know, what does a company typically pay for this role at this type of company? What could you get at a competitor company, um, and things like that. And so, I think if you're armed with the information, right information, and then you come to your the hiring manager, the person who you may work for, and say, hey, this is what I see, um, I think that's going to be a really good discussion. When I, I, as a hiring manager, have had that, whether it be with a person I'm trying to recruit or even with a person who, um, you know, who's currently employed by me, I, I'm very happy to kind of uh, talk to them about what, what's the right level to pay them. And if there is data that says that they're being underpaid, then to, to remedy that. So um, yeah, my, I absolutely encourage people to consider salary negotiation right now. There's, it's still an important thing that you should always be doing to make sure that you're fairly paid. Got it. And as far as people job hunting at all in the workforce, I know that a lot of people have, everybody has a different relationship with security. For me as an entrepreneur, I feel really secure doing my own thing versus I know some people feel more secure 
in the workforce. Um, so I'm curious with people who are very security minded, um, what are your thoughts about looking for a new job right now when maybe they don't like their job, but it's very stable and they see these layoffs going on? I know that it's true that a lot of companies are booming right now. I'm seeing it in my inbox for my Forbes column, but I'm also seeing a lot of instability and people getting laid off. So what message would you have for somebody um, if they're thinking about job hunting and they have the need for a lot of security, maybe they have kids or family or whatever it is that they need to have covered. I get that security is really important and it's, um, it's, it's, you want to make sure that you feel secure in your job. But I think that right now people probably have a tendency to, to get almost too risk averse. And so there's very little cost, I believe, in at least just looking what else is out there. And comparing other companies, and you can you know you can look at their financial position uh, and see are they they likely to be okay for a little while even during this down, economic downturn, or maybe you know you'll find a company that actually has a lot of opportunity because of everything that's going on with COVID. Um, but there's again there's very little cost to at least going and researching because I think it's at the end of the day it's so important that you love your job. You spend so many hours of the day there. You know, and the, the interactions you have with your colleagues impact your mental health and your sense of happiness by so much. That's a real shame, I think, if you feel like you're stuck in a job just for the security. So I'd encourage you, if you, you know, if you're feeling in this situation, go out there and just at least have a look at what else is out there. And you may find, and I, in fact, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if you didn't find this, but there are lots of other companies out there who are probably even in a better financial situation than your company um, or who have a lot of opportunities right now. And, uh, and that, you know, you may be the right fit for that company and it can be, you know, a great time to go and um, start, start, start having conversations. I love this. And I know that, um, you know, not to completely switch gears, but with diversity inclusion, that's been a huge theme of 2020 and a much needed one, not to say that it hasn't been a theme in the past, but I know that um, the Black Lives Matter movement has come to the forefront of this year and I know how important it is. And I also heard from your team that you've got a few different tips on how to find a diverse in it or how to create a diverse and inclusive company. What, what are a couple things that workers can consider to contribute to a better world themselves within their company? Or what are some tips you have to create more diversity? Yeah. And just coming back to your earlier point around everything going on in the world, you're right. You know, with the, the George Floyd murder, we saw on Glassdoor a 63% increase in people mentioning diversity, inclusion, terms like racial justice in their reviews on Glassdoor. Wow. Um, so, you know, it really speaks to that this is not just a, an issue happening outside of the work, but also one that people feel even in the workplace. And so as a response to that, we actually hunkered down and pulled the team together. It's like, we've got to, we've got to improve our product to create more, uh, more, of a, more transparency around how companies are doing with diversity and inclusion in the workplace as so we rolled out a whole set of features around this. And so to answer your question around, you know, what can you as a job seeker do? Well, you can now leverage Glassdoor's features in, in this regard. We now have ratings for companies on how they're doing when it comes to uh, diversity and inclusion. So you can get a feel for uh, if this company that you're potentially thinking about is going to be a place that you feel like, you know, you will feel like a sense of belonging and inclusion to. Um and when coming to your question around how can you do your part, it would also be come to Glassdoor, rate your company on diversity inclusion. And more importantly, um, if you feel comfortable, uh, leave your demographic data with us. 
um, what we're starting to do is collect demographic data right now. So that could be race, ethnicity, uh, gender identification, uh, sexual orientation, disability status, uh, vet status, and things like that. Um, because what we want to do as we collect this data is then be able to shine a light on not just how is a company rated overall by the average uh, reviewer, but specifically how do people of certain demographics or certain groups rate a company. So you can then, then our users of our site can get a feel for, you know, people who are like me, how do they rate this company? And I think that's going to be really, really powerful to, um, to provide that transparency to job seekers. And then in turn, as we've always seen with Glassdoor, when we've provided more transparency to job seekers, it, then the knock-on effect is it creates accountability for companies to lift their game. And, uh, and that's the power of transparency in, in driving this accountability. And so this, we now want to drive more accountability when it comes to diversity and inclusion in the workplace so that companies can't hide behind not being great employers when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And so, you know, the way people can do their part is to, you know, come to Glassdoor and, and have their say. I love this. Okay. And there's so much more. I mean, in 2020, when I look at the changes in job hunting, the fear around negotiating, the importance of diversity. Uh, another thing that I'm aware of that people are talking about right now and just in my practice or on the podcast, I'm getting DMs, is getting promoted during COVID. I know that there's a lot of uh, weirdness around people feeling like, you know, am I doing the right thing by trying to advance at a time where maybe my company is just getting by? Like, what are some indicators that you're not in the right company to advance or this is not the right time to ask versus not? Or do you think it's always the right time to ask? What is your approach about trying to get promoted right now? There are certainly realities that some companies have that they can't do promotions or that they have a salary freeze right now. And so they can be just the hard realities for some people. And so then I think it comes back to the individual. And you, know, you can recognize that the specific COVID situation is something that should theoretically be a small blip in time and you know, it will come and then it will go and then things will change for, the, for your company. And if you love your company and you're really happy in your career there, I think seeing this as a blip is probably not a, not a bad thing just to have that perspective around things. Um, but at the same time, if you're not super happy at your company, um, you're not inspired, and then now this comes along and... You now have a choice. Uh, you know, it comes back to the previous conversation we had around. You know, if you're very risk averse and you're you're really focusing on stability, I get there is a temptation just to hunker down and not do anything. But I would also kind of encourage people to at least think about well, what are the alternatives? So if the realities in my company are that um, I, you know I'm going to be stagnant for a while and I'm not super happy here, then I would encourage you to look elsewhere. And then I'd say that sometimes you may be getting a signal from a company that. Uh, that you know, it's tough times, but uh, it never never hurts to ask the question. Um, and I think again, the best way to ask the question is in a way which you're driven with. You come um, prepared with data, um, and you're being really thoughtful around it. So it doesn't seem like, hey, I just think I should get paid more just because, but rather, hey, I've done my research. You know, this is this is this is what people pay my role. Or you've been telling me, and here are my my performance reviews, and I'm clearly ready for the promotion to this next level. And if you come with that, you know, um, thoughtful, data-driven um, preparation to a conversation with your employer or your, um, your the person you report to, I think that will uh, be met, you know, with um, a lot of, a warm welcome because then that's the job of of a leader and of, of your employer is to have these conversations with you. Um, and so, yeah, I encourage I absolutely encourage people to be thoughtful around this. 
Mm, love that. And also remote interviews. I mean, left and right, this is the changes are coming and remote interviews, trying to establish human connection through a computer screen while remote interviews and phone screening was definitely a thing of the past as well. I know right now it's something that is necessary for job hunting and it can feel really tough for people to kind of, I don't know, position themselves in their best light or really connect with somebody through the computer. Do you have any suggestions for people to really stand out in their interviews right now? Yeah, uh, you're right. There's a huge trend for remote interviews right now, um, not surprisingly. So the temptation might be to think that the, because it's a remote interview, you don't need to um, prepare or um, as much as you would uh, or, you know, or in the same way you would you know, get, get dressed and ready and, and go out to an interview in person. But that's just not the case. So I think, you know, first and foremost, think about what, you, think about what you're wearing. Uh, they can see you on, on the on the video, so it's not like you can come in and ill prepared in that respect. Uh, now you've also got to deal with technology, so make sure that your technology is up to scratch before the interview. Make sure your camera works. Make sure the internet connection is stable and things like that. You know things that we didn't have to worry about in the past, but absolutely you do have to worry about now that uh, you're doing remote interviews. Um, you know, I think eye contact and you know the the kind of the position of the camera to kind of be able to see your face and the probably the big part of the top half of your body so you can show hand gestures. Um, that's going to be important for building rapport. Um, and then I'd say that then the same things that you would have done for a in-person interview versus remote of there's a lot of preparation you should always be doing for interviews. Uh, the the best candidates that I, when I interview, they've come super prepared. They've done their research on your company. Um, they can do that by looking at the company's website. They can do that by going to Glassdoor to find out what people are saying about the company. Um, and they, they have really interesting questions for me about, about the company. So, you know, it shows they're engaged, shows they've done their research. And these are things you should always do. And that now that's a remote interview doesn't give you a free pass to, to not do that kind of preparation. Got it. Okay. Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but if you're anything like me working from home, this quarantine has got you craving some structure, and I have gotten so much out of committing to a morning routine. And for me, that's looked like burning some Palo Santo every morning, sipping some coffee while I'm journaling, and of course, making my daily protein shake with Organifi's vanilla protein powder. I just put a scoop of their vanilla protein, frozen organic strawberries, half a frozen banana and coconut milk into the blender, and boom, that little candy addicted five-year-old living inside of me gets so happy feeling like she started her workday with what tastes like a vanilla milkshake with strawberries in it. So if you follow me on the gram, you know that even when I try to eat healthy, I tend to have little snacksidents and that's why I am so grateful that Organifi is now sponsoring the U-Turn podcast. It is such a milestone for us to have them supporting the show and I'm pretty sure that without their super healthy protein powder, I'd be lacking in my morning routine. So if you're looking for some consistency, consistency and some structure in your diet. I am really in love with their products, which is why we wanted to get you hooked up with a discount when you go to Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N for 15% off. Now let's get back to the episode. And when you think about 
um, questions that recruiters ask or things that could be kind of sticky. Like I know talking about your biggest weakness or a time that you failed, something like that, that's a little more challenging for job seekers. I think that emotion and that connectedness that happens in person sometimes will override any awkwardness in a question. So when we're remote, what suggestions would you have for some of those tougher interview questions? Do you have any thoughts on how people can think about answering them or um, what, what they can do to really stand out in the actual conversation with the person with what they say? Yeah, look, I recognize it's tough. Uh, but I think also hiring managers uh, give you a little bit of leeway as well in that every candidate they're interviewing is probably having the same struggles that you're having. Uh, and so I think people have learned to expect that there is going to be some level of disconnect that you don't kind of get than if you were to meet in person. But I come back to in the same way, if you're getting asked a tough question, a good way to answer a tough question in an interview is, first of all, just take the time to think, think through your answer. Um, don't feel a need to like immediately rush into, into something. And you can do the same in, in, a, in a Zoom or remote interview. Uh, you can always, there's no problem just asking the interview for the time to, to gather your thoughts and write down some notes. Uh, when I've interviewed candidates who've done that, it's shown you know, I can have a level of thoughtfulness and structure. And then often the, the, the response they give me back is much, much more structured, which I really appreciate as a hiring manager. So, yeah. So, and, then, so, and then the answer to your, your questions are probably you know, fairly similar you know, around the weaknesses and things like that. And I'd say the best way to, to answer those questions is prepare for those. So um, what would you say if they ask you what are your biggest weaknesses or, or things like that and, you know, making sure that, you know, you, you come across as something that doesn't seem fake or phony. Um, and, uh, and then a way to do that. So, again, Glassdoor, we actually have a whole interview database where people have contributed their interview questions. So you can use that. So like, this is what this company asked me for these different types of rounds of interviews for these different types of roles. You can get that on Glassdoor. Um, in addition, go to your friends, go to your family, do mock interviews with them. And, uh, and I'm sure that will help loosen you up and make you feel that little bit more confident and prepared for the interview. Because, you know, as you mentioned, Ashley, like it is, it is different doing an interview on camera. Um, you don't feel that warmth. And so um, having a little bit more practice is probably going to serve you well. Mm-hmm. I love this. And I know that um, I have a formula for it as well. And Glassdoor is such a, a great resource for so many people to be able to get some insight on how interviews are looking. Um, but for me, talking about my greatest weakness, I tend to talk about it from the past saying like, this is something I've been working on. This is what I've been doing to work, to work on it. And this is an achievement I've had because I worked on it and where I'm at with it now. So that seemed to work for me and a lot of clients, but I, I get what you're saying for sure that, you know, taking a look at how other people answer down glass door or something like that could be really, really powerful. And just being mindful that you're human and you're authentic and you don't want to seem fake. Is there any uh, answers to that question that you think <laughs> people oh, are going to It's, it's such a funny one. And I don't even know if I use it anymore because I yeah. always felt like it's a little bit forced and and you know, not sure if it's the best way to evaluate a candidate. But I think the, the reasoning or the rationale behind asking that question, the best answers show that the candidate has a growth mindset. And I think exactly what you described, Ashley, is like, this is what I've worked on in the past. And this is, you know, this is an acknowledgement I'm not perfect. And this is an acknowledgement that I always want to get better. And that's, that's the perfect answer. If, you can, if that can be, you, know, you can interpret that from the response, that's a really good answer. Um, and again, the bad responses are, uh, one which just yeah, feels like you're you know you're not really asking the question or giving a a strength as a weakness or something that's really trivial or you know or yeah or something that kind of doesn't really show that you have a desire to get better in that respect 
is probably not yeah. a good answer as well. So again, it's really it's really trying to tap into a growth mindset. Um, and I think that is really important for all job seekers to have and to be able to convey to um, the hiring manager is that, that they have a growth mindset. Yeah, definitely. Like I always roll my eyes when they're like, I'm a workaholic. I'm like, boring. Give me a real <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I'm like, that's not inspiring. Give me something real. You know, it's, it's there's nothing. I think that um, with COVID and the amount of authenticity that it's forced out of us in our careers um, to, you know, navigate all of these changes with our employer and with our colleagues, it's like, we're just going into an era where anything not authentic is going to be sensed more and more. Um, I, I know that you're no stranger to stepping into leadership. I mean, you're young and you're successful and you've really, I'm guessing, worked hard to get where you are. And I'm curious for anybody listening just around leadership and what you think it really means to be a leader. Are there a couple traits that you notice in people who work on your team that you think this is what makes them a leader or even in yourself? Yeah. I mean, the way I define leadership most succinctly is in a the person who um, inspires others to achieve a shared goal. And when I think of some of the importance of that is around the inspiration aspect. So uh, a leader is not a manager. And there's a clear distinction between the two. Um, often when you're you're younger you and early in your career, you think leadership is around me getting to like managing other people. Well, that's kind of it, but it's, you can be a leader even, even if you don't manage people. Um, uh, it really comes down to like that, that connection you have with others and be able to inspire them. And then to achieve a shared goal is important as well. And that uh, the other part is that you need to, the goal, you need to set that goal and you need to have it as something that everybody's going to want to, um, to start moving in that direction towards that goal. And so your ability to kind of figure out a strategy, figure out which way should we be going is going to, becomes increasingly important as you step up um in areas of uh leadership so they're probably the 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 key things and so you know things i'm looking for in in my leaders or as i'm uh looking at other people you know communication because that's to me around the inspiration a lot of that comes from how well they communicate can they communicate succinctly can they communicate in a way which you know kind of captures the imagination of something Mm -hmm. um and then I look at, yeah, though how how well do they understand uh, what they're doing? Whether you know if it's in a, in their area, do they really understand their area and how it fits into the company? Because then that kind of uh, says that if they really understand how they fit into the company and what they need to do to really drive the company's success, that really means that they know how to kind of set the right direction to then mm-hmm. get people to follow them. Um, they're the yeah, they're probably the main things off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to say because I, I think being a business owner all of these years, a lot of my leadership has been cultivated, um, not just like emotionally by looking at my shortcomings and stuff like that, but also kind of like doing what it takes to get the job done. Even when I'm not in the mood, you know, I think all of us sometimes wake up and it's like, we don't want to do that today. And, And staying the course, I think is usually what will differentiate you. Have you ever had any moments in your career so far that were defining moments that really changed the way you saw possibility or leadership? Hmm. When I think of defining moments in my career, I mean, there's, there's, there's certainly been several. So I'd say earlier in my career, when I was working in uh, management consulting, I was working at Bain and Company at the time, uh, you know, defining moment was kind of just realizing I wasn't super happy. There were parts that I loved about working at Bain, 
there were some parts that I wasn't super happy working working there, and that was kind of what pushed me to kind of think beyond Bain and try something new. Which kind of earlier in the in our conversation, you're mentioning these people who may be kind of feeling stuck in their job right now, and I get that there's a sense of feeling like you know you you need to have some sort of level of security for your family and the rest. But also, you know, I, I reflect on the times when I've not been, when I felt stuck is like, or just not been super happy has been a pivotal moment, which has kind of pushed me to, to think what else could there be? And that's, um, and that's just a discipline that I encourage everybody to be doing, you know, regularly asking themselves this question at least a couple of times a year, um, if not more, even if you're super happy, at least just reaffirm that you're on the, you're on the, you're in the right place. Um, and, and then I'd say other times have been when I've defining moments probably have been when I've connected well with you know a leader in a company um i remember times at linkedin where i had connection with a leader and then at glassdoor i, I the founder of glassdoor who was ceo before me we had a strong connection and you know, that connection was ultimately what then allowed my career to blossom at glassdoor and it certainly happened in, in previous places i've worked as well and so um they've been i think there are defining moments there where you know you've it could be based on an achievement. It could be like a conversation where your minds come together and you kind of start to appreciate what the other person has to offer. But it's that's you know I I feel like that that they were probably to date the most important moments that I've had. You know I think you're sharing something really important, and I love that you went there because I I feel like um, sometimes when we feel like things aren't right. For me as a coach, I kind of lean into that because I'm like, oh, amazing. That means you get to change it. That means that you've outgrown something. That means that things are getting shaken up in your career. And I think the difference between a happy person and a not so happy person in their career is usually that the willingness to listen to that. And it's funny that you mentioned this because, as well, because I was noticing that you worked at Bain and having coached so many people, I'm aware that those management consulting firms, that there's very long hours and very intense work. And, um, I was wondering how you felt about your experience there, not to say that it reflects upon the company at all, but rather just you and what your skills are, what you want to spend your time doing. Um, what message would you have for anyone right now that doesn't like what they're doing or is seeking clarity on their next move? Yeah. And to be clear, I actually, my three to four years at Bain were, were fantastic years and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was and um, and funnily enough, Bain is one of the top companies rated on on Glassdoor. So there's a lot of positivity. But at the same time, as I mentioned, there was a point at which I realized it was time for for me to move on. And so again, my advice to everybody is: uh, you should always be evaluating what you're doing in your career. Is it is this what you want to be doing here and now? Does it deliver you happiness in your in your in your job? it's so important that you're happy in your job given you spend so many hours there and then likewise is this part of your journey for where you have some aspirations of your career to go and i recognize so few people know with specificity where exactly they want to be in five years and often you get asked that question and it's like a kind of a fool's errand to know with specificity where you need to be but having some idea of a kind of your, the arc of where you're, you're trying to get to some you know vague concept of the types of th things and experiences you want to have I think it's so important because it helps define you know what uh, whether or not the what you're doing right now is um, is meaningful to your career or you know what you're doing right now doesn't have a lot of meaning to you and and if it's the latter then you know maybe it's time to start, start thinking about what you need to change to do that. Often, a change in career doesn't necessarily mean leaving your company. It could mean changes within your company. And um, again, as a hiring manager, I love it when people come to me and say they want to go and move into this other. Um, part of the company. I, I love it when I see employees make those types of jumps. It's, like, it's, it's the best thing. It makes me feel like as a leader that I, 
I'm doing something right because uh, that person's having a kind of a career transformational experience within the company that I'm leading. Um, so yeah, you know, my advice again is that I know there's a lot going on in the world right now and I'm sure, and I don't want to diminish that at the same time. Um, there is, it, it, you should always be thinking about, um, you know, your, your career in the same way. You always want to you know, eat right and, and keep healthy, you know, making sure that uh, you, your, your job is one where you derive a lot of satisfaction out of um, is so, so important. Mm, and you actually mentioned something that I'm so curious for your feedback on, which is, I think a lot of people would love to turn to their em- employer and say, hey, I don't want to leave. I just would love to explore working on this team or that team. What would you advise somebody to do if they make that change and then they realize they don't like that after all? Because I know that at a certain point, th- they could feel like a squeaky wheel where they're just asking so much of their company and the company's accommodating them. Like I-, I know that some people probably will come to you and say, hey, I want to work on this team. And then they try and deep down they actually made the wrong choice for themselves or it was you know there's no such thing as a wrong choice maybe it just gave them information and they want to kind of course correct what feedback would you have for somebody in that position i've certainly seen that happen um you know on, on occasion and um and i would again come back to like first principles um if you're not happy in this new this new um job that you're you wanted to try then do something different um life's too short uh and yeah, you know, if if there, if you were jumping around a lot, that's probably not a good thing. Um, certainly, as a hiring manager, when I look at a resume and I see a person's jumped around a lot, uh, it's a, I want to dive into that and ask them. And mm-hmm. often, it you know, it is a kind of a somewhat of a flag to me. Either they're they're you know they're a little um, they're not super committed to things to seeing things through, or you know they're, they're a really bad judge of character and that they've always chosen you know, really bad companies or bad bosses. Um, so, you know, I, both are not, not kind of great outcomes there. So I'd say, yeah, be thoughtful around not jumping around too much. But, you know, you're allowed, you certainly have a, you're certainly allowed to have, um, to make a, you know, one, one or two mistakes where you've, you've moved into something which you didn't, didn't kind of work out with. Um, and then I'd say, yeah, don't, don't stick there. Go, go fix that. And just make sure that you know, you're really thoughtful around what your next step is um, because, you know, you're trying to avoid a pattern of that. Yeah, great. And is there anything else that you look at when you're taking a look at a resume that you see as a red flag? Because I thought that was really insightful for you to share that if you see a lot of hopping around and also just what would you consider a lot of hopping around? Is there kind of like a thought you have on when it tips over into a little bit too much? Yeah, I I think staying at a company more than two years is always a good sign. You know, to me, that means that the company was getting a lot out of you being an employee there. Um, and so, you know, there was no, you weren't pushed out of the company. And then likewise, like, you know, you had enough time to kind of make a true contribution. I think less than two years is kind of, yeah, you know, it's it, it poses questions. At the same time, a lot of people move in less than mm-hmm. two years in this day and age. And so it's not a, a total red mark if you've done that once or twice. But if you have a, a, a history of it, of if, like if I look at your last 10 years and you've never stayed at a company for more than a year or two, that's um that I, I'll need to ask the question as a hiring manager like what's going on there, um, if you've been joining a bunch of different startups maybe that's you know that's 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 not so bad because I know we all recognize that startups have a ton of risk and many don't work out, um, but yeah you know I think you just need to be prepared to to answer that question if you've been hopping around a lot but as I said if you've hopped, if you've started a couple of companies less than two years but you have another few companies in there where you've stayed in more than two years or stayed several years that generally I wouldn't, I wouldn't blink twice at that. 
Got it. Okay. And any other red flags or things that kind of make you wonder or think to yourself, I'm going to ask this question and make sure I get this handled before you interview somebody? The off, off of the resume, um, I mean, you're, you're generally looking for the things you want to be seeing that they have the experiences or that they've had the types of achievements that gives you that feeling like they would be a good fit to your company. Um, and you mentioned before previously around like the resilience or the grit and, and it is such a good predictor of success. And so examples of that, if you can see it on the resume or if you can at least tease it out in, in a conversation with, with the candidate, um, I think it's really important. Uh, the only other thing is that I, I, I encourage candidates when I talk to people to be really transparent around the people they've worked for and then saying, hey, I'd like to go contact them. And if I sense there's any hesitation in that or at least they can't explain why they have hesitation in that, that can also be a bit of a flag. So again, I recognize that sometimes, you know, you didn't have a great relationship with the previous boss. And so that's, let's be upfront and honest about that. But um, if, you know, if there was a hesitation of me reaching out to you know, a person you've worked for in the past to kind of get a reference, you know, I would take that as a bit of a flag as well. This is a really good point you're making because I do think everybody has one work experience by the time they've hit their 30s, perhaps, where they didn't like their boss, their boss didn't like them, like we're all so human and we're all so unique. What would be a good response um, for somebody to give you if you asked about what wasn't working for them in their last job or why they're trying to leave? And the truth of the matter is they want to leave because they don't like their boss. Um, What would be a really tactful way for somebody to deliver that or should they avoid that topic completely? No, I think they should. I think they should deliver that, and I think you're right. It should be tactful. So it shouldn't be where they seem to be bad mouthing their boss. I don't think that comes across well. Even if your boss was a tyrant, and by the way, I know there are definitely really bad bosses out there. In fact, you know, we see we see many of these reviews on on Glassdoor speaking. Yeah. To that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the, your ability to rise above that and show a level of professionalism while still kind of getting to kind of the the truth that you didn't have a great relationship, I think is, is, is a, it's the right way to approach it because here's the problem. If you, if you go and say it wasn't the boss and there was another reason why you left and then they do a reference check and they find out from the boss that the boss really didn't like you, they won't have heard your side of that story. Um, yeah. That, you know, that, so it's worth giving that side, being on the front foot. And again, you know, if every one of your last five bosses was a problem with them, that's probably another red flag that maybe the, 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 the problem may lie with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, so again, I would say be tactful, but get to the, the heart of the matter, knowing that often um, hiring managers are going to be seeking references from people and they may, may get in touch with that former boss. And so better for them to hear it from you than to hear it from that, that, their boss's point of view. Yeah, I love that. And actually, I think you shared something that is helpful for framing it if they were delivering the fact that they don't see eye to eye with their boss saying, you know, I've always had really good relationships with my bosses and really mm. enjoyed them. And, you know, this was one relationship that... I couldn't work out, you know, I, I think that that kind of honesty is really quite human. And, and I love hearing you say that with where you're at Glassdoor, because I actually haven't really found any sense of feedback on this outside of myself thinking like dodge the, dodge the question unless it's necessary has been my, my take on it. But I, I love your take on this one. Is there anything I haven't asked you about the workforce that you think would be helpful to share with everybody as they embark on their job search right now? Kind of just reiterating the same theme that I said before on um, that, you know, at the end of the day, the person who cares most about your career in the world is you. And so you've got to be on the front, always be on the front foot about managing your career. And 
I realize now is a really precarious time and a really uncertain time. Um, but I truly don't believe for mo- in most cases that any reason for you to have to feel like you need to go in your shell and not continue to focus on delivering yourself a great career and making sure that you're happy in your job. So, uh, you know, yes, there are definitely industries and companies who are struggling right now. Um, but there's also for every company that's struggling, there's lots of companies who are booming. Um, and so what's most important is that, you know, you love your company and that beyond COVID, you're still going to love your company. And if, and if you, if you have trouble um, looking yourself in the mirror and, and answering that right now, it's probably an indication you need to start like considering what, what else is out there. Mm, love this so much. I'm so grateful. Where can everybody go to have their experience with glassdoor.com? Would it be straight out to the website? Is there something new that you have out that people can go check out right now? Yeah, absolutely. Come straight to Glassdoor.com. Depends on what you're doing. If you want to research a company, you can search for the company on Glassdoor. Um, but again, the, the most recent launch we've had and the one we're most excited about is the new features around diversity and inclusion. So come rate your company on diversity and inclusion and come and if you feel comfortable, leave us your demographic data so we can help other people around the world make sure that they find a place where they feel included and they belong. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Ashley. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. If any of our guests mention any resource that you're interested in, you can head on over to ashleystahl.com and press the podcast tab to see any show notes. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you're also going to see our brand new free quiz helping you discover which career path you're actually meant for. It's followed by tons of content-packed emails about your personality in the work course. And of course, we just can't thank you enough for your written reviews. These reviews mean a lot for our show to keep getting out there. So if you ever send me a DM on the gram, and I'm so grateful that you have, I would love it if you would copy and paste that into the podcast app of your smartphone as a written review. It would mean so much for us over here at the show. Thanks again for being here. And I can't wait to connect with you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. 
So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.